0: Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. And as I plan to say each day during this coronavirus pandemic, I'm particularly glad that you've joined us today and that I hope you're doing well. I hope you are coping with all of the changes that we have to indulge during this time. And I also hope that you're taking good care of yourself and of your family and of your communities. As always, we want to convene this forum each day here on Detroit Today, just as we have before, but with increased purpose. It's really important for us to be able to connect with each other right now, because we can't do that in the real world, in the physical world. And here on Detroit Today, this is a chance to talk about the things that are happening to us, to talk about our feelings and our emotional reactions to all of the changes that we have to deal with. And it is also going to be the place where we talk about the things that are likely to happen, the people that we know who will be affected by this and what that will change in our worlds. All hour today, just as we will do every day, we wanna hear from you about how you're doing, about how you're feeling, about what you're doing, how you're passing the time, how you're dealing with the isolation and the disconnect from other human beings. As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Up first today, President Trump has signed a coronavirus emergency package that's meant to help Americans Financially through this pandemic. Specifically, it provides a lot of workers with paid sick and family leave, and it bolsters unemployment insurance. The major focus right now is on getting us through the worst economic effects of this early wave of shutting down large portions of society to help combat coronavirus. Now there's growing support for another package that would total a trillion dollars which could include $250 billion in direct stimulus checks to Americans, as well as a $50 billion bailout for the hard-hit airline industry. Here to talk about the federal response is Congresswoman Haley Stevens. She is a Democrat who represents Michigan's 11th district in Washington. Congresswoman Stevens, welcome back to Detroit Today.
1: Well, thank you, Stephen. How nice to be here with you this morning by phone, and how um nice to hear your beautiful and comforting words uh, during this time. Yeah. thank yeah. you so much
0: uh, Congresswoman. I also hope of course that uh, you're doing well and that uh, that your family's doing well. Give us an idea of what life looks like for a member of Congress right now. you still have you still have work to do
1: well, the work certainly continues um. As I shared with my uh, constituents the other day, um, the House of Representatives concluded uh, its session in the wee hours of Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and we returned to our districts. I was with the Michigan delegation. We um, uh, took protective measures and um, uh Flew home and we have been in district uh, for the week, coordinating uh, with community stakeholders around the clock with constituents, uh, but all by phone and certainly also taking care of our own families. So when I returned home, I told my parents, I will be checking in on you, but by phone and at a distance. And that's what I did. I dropped off chocolate milk for my, (laughs) my dad who lives in Troy and, and told him, we got to do it at six feet apart. So we're um, adjusting to this new normal as well, uh, making better use of FaceTime, uh, which is a technology on your cell phone sure. um, or an app, mobile application that you can use to see the person you're actually talking to when you're on the phone with them. And that, I know that has brought my family joy. I'm, I'm certainly working around the clock. I've had a uh, uh, some some uh, later nights than usual, but also taking care of my health and um, encouraging everybody else in the district to do so as well.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about the bills that passed yesterday and got the president's signature. Uh, what do you expect the effect of this package will be on what we're beginning to see is going to be a pretty dramatic change in, in our economy?
1: Yeah, Families First Act uh, was... Signing the law yesterday by the the president, we're we're delighted um, after the House passed it on Saturday morning, and uh, we shepherded in some pretty critical components for um, American families. Testing, testing, testing. This bill was about making testing available to everyone free and accessible, and so that is something that will begin um, immediately. We know that um, there is a testing shortage uh, right now um, and that the direction has been uh, to work with your primary care provider should you be showing symptoms and be under a certain age, um, you should be uh, quarantining at home and working with your provider to uh, get your test. But for now, this legislation expands the testing that was so critical for us. It also even um, expands um, Medicaid and unemployment insurance, as well as food assistance, making sure those food pantries are secure with good food items. So working throughout our supply chain. And then lastly, a a big step in the right direction for 87 million Americans projected um, to get relief through paid uh, family sick time. So uh, workers can start to I see that uh come into effect where they're if they're feeling sick or need to take time uh off in their in a business under a certain size they can do so it, it obviously doesn't cover everyone, but we're working with the other employers to grant that paid sick leave so this was a step during uh the first phase of the covid nineteen response, and we're working on the third phase
0: mm. yeah. let's talk a little about sick leave and unemployment insurance. those are issues that we've been dealing with in this country for a long time, and there's been a, a real push from the left in particular to to expand those things. Uh, talk about how these bills reflect that larger political conversation and how close we are, perhaps, to some of the things that people say have been necessary for the economy for a long time.
1: Well, certainly, Stephen, it's it's so important to know, and and, and it's something that's governing my approach to uh, the COVID-19 response, which is now is not a time for politics and um, an intense politics to override the necessary actions that we need to take to respond to this crisis. Um, Look, I have been a proponent and a supporter of universal paid family leave for every American now. Did this bill get us that Incomplete, no, but was it a giant step forward? Did we hear from um, our committee chairman and our House leadership um, what a cornerstone this was in that effort? Absolutely. And look, this isn't about uh, winning ideological wars or political wars, but this is about our, our our discussions. Not that we're, you know, in wars with one another, but it but it's really about shepherding the the best and most immediate policies through to help everyone. And we have got so much more to do, Stephen, because in the time from when the House Passed that legislation, we started to see cities um, in our own state, um, across America, but in, you know, especially here in Michigan, we've seen this where our uh, small businesses our restaurants have been um forced to go into a temporary hibernation. Uh it, you know, it's it's not the same society as it was a week ago. Mm-hmm. And and so we are adjusting to those needs, the um immediate layoffs, the loss of wages and um al- also the need to secure uh future employment for, for Americans and that's by ensuring that these employers can see themselves through to the other side. And so my commitment has been this no one is going to be left behind and no one will fail in this process if we have anything to do with this in the house of representatives your health success is tied to your financial success, and neither are are allowed to fail in this time. And so that is what we are looking to address in this third package that's coming up for economic relief or or triage that's impacting um, uh, the the overall uh, economy at this time.
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to take a call that I think is really on – target with what uh, you're, you're talking about here, Congresswoman. Let's go to Elizabeth in Garden City. Elizabeth, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm calling because I, I, I'm afraid I'm going to fall through the cracks. I'm a, a recent cancer survivor, and a, a lot of people don't know this, but many cancer survivors lose their jobs mm. um, because they're unable to work for long periods of time or, you know, for whatever reason, and it's it's a devastating disease financially every, every which way. And um, I'm not, I wasn't, I did lose my job, and I've been living off my savings, and I was just getting to that point. I'm considered medically fragile, so um, I've been starting to look for part-time jobs, And I was just getting to the point where I thought, okay, I can work. And then this hit. (laughs) So now I'm not eligible for unemployment because the the last job that I had was, you know, they fired me in October of 2019. Hmm. So, you know, I'm like, now what do I do?
0: I, I now, uh, Elizabeth, I really appreciate the call, and and I have great sympathy for the situation that you find yourself in, Congresswoman Stevens. What, uh, there are so many people who I think fall into categories that don't fit the the sort of obvious uh, economic hardship that people are are going to face. I lose my job now because of this. Uh, For instance, someone who's sick. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Every story and every narrative and every fear and every concern that anyone in Michigan is facing right now is important. It is unique and it is valued. And I want to thank Elizabeth for getting on the line with us and opening up her heart and her situation, which will undoubtedly help other people in the process. We need to do an economic relief package that is clear, that is simple, that is not cumbersome and riddled with bureaucracy. Uh, quite the challenge when you're dealing with the federal government and and <laughs> Congress and the White House. But I believe that we can take the necessary steps to help people like Elizabeth in Garden City, help people in Livonia and up to Auburn Hills in our, communities who are going through something similar, which is by providing immediate and direct cash assistance to every American family Hmm. in this country uh, at at a clear and simple rate, not litigated, uh, because some people who were, were, I just heard from a constituent last night, he wrote me very similar to Elizabeth's story. He was a high earner um, on his last W-2. Well, he lost his job. They gave him the severance. It's ending. We see that unemployment um, is just skyrocketing. We've seen the big three uh, temporarily close down production, which is going to have incredible ricochets throughout our supply chain, likely more immediate than it will for our big three. So these are triage. These are moments of triage right now, and what we are taking the steps to do is secure the uh, the, the financial uh, ability of every American to live their life uh, securely. And so this is why I am supporting direct cash assistance to American families. Uh, the the number that has matured in the Senate is a, is about a thousand dollars per month. We could likely go higher. Mm-hmm. Again, we need to make this clear and simple for people um, uh, to to help get them through this time. And and certainly for the most vulnerable in our community, people like Elizabeth who are just overcoming a medical milestone or a surgery or uh, um, uh, or cancer. And so we we need to make sure that there is a space for those individuals and the most vulnerable in our communities, which is the top priority in this relief package. Leave no one behind. You are not allowed to fail.
0: So, so that's a great segue to this next challenge that Congress has, which is to grapple with what kind of financial assistance they want to offer to Americans you, you said something I want to go back to this idea of a thousand dollars a thousand dollars a month is that where we're headed in other words that this won't be just a one-time cash infusion of a thousand dollars for every adult American but that we would set something up so that at least during the 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 the, the more uh, outsized Effects of of the crisis that people would get thousand dollars each month is that is that really right. being considered? Right. Well,
1: to go back uh, to the to, to the previous point, Stephen, we're finding this time um, less and less motivated by uh, uh, p- political preferences, and so I I have been appreciative as someone who's been pushing for direct and immediate cash assistance uh, for Americans in this time since. Uh, this uh, crisis broke. I've been inspired to see um, our, our own president, as well as people like Senator Romney, join others in the Democratic caucus um, in support of these efforts. Mm-hmm. And the proposal that is being envisioned would do direct cash assistance um uh, for a um, you know a three month period of time while we're in this hibernation shutdown period, managing the COVID nineteen, there's obviously a, a large reconciliation that we need to do with businesses as well that are um, you know small our small businesses, our downtown shops, and you know that you know, some of all of our favorite restaurants and, and whatnot. You know we gotta make sure that they can see it to the other side. They also employ a lot of people. But for for every American, you know we got, we want to make sure for this three month period that they got something, some assurance here mm-hmm. and some way to, uh, you know, float float their own payments and navigate their own realities. You know, I'm hearing Elizabeth saying, I, draw, I drew down on all my savings and things like that. And, you know, this is having people also look at where their savings are. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got far, 401ks, you know, that are locked up and now the stock market's taken dives. And, and and some people, you know, it, it, they might not have a ton of savings. And that's that's also something that we have to recognize. You know, they were humming along. They weren't expecting the entire, you know, uh, service sector that, you know, you, you can't be six feet apart to shut down in a moment's notice. So we've got to reconcile with that. And, and certainly we're also dealing um, with that throughout the, the manufacturing sector, which is really the pride and joy of Michigan. And, and something I, I have a deep familiarity with so you know we're looking at phases of this you know first quarter you know first quarter of adoption into where we are in in the second quarter this could be a six-month initiative and it in my opinion it doesn't necessarily need to start and stop with a thousand dollars because we know for many you know uh people thousand dollars can just just be you know, less than, you know, half of what they're taking home or not even come close to covering some of the expenses. And so we've got mortgages, we've got debts, we've got student loans, we've got health care bills, all things that we need to to reconcile during this um, shutdown hibernation period that we're in in securing the health of every American in responding to COVID-19.
0: Uh, again, Elizabeth, we hope for the best for you and hope that there is some relief that comes sometime soon from uh, from Congress uh, to help people like you at, who are just don't fall into the normal categories of folks who are going to be affected by this. But thank you very much for listening. And, of course, thanks very much for the call. Let's go to Abby in Royal Oak. Abby, welcome to Detroit Today.
2: Hi, thank you for having me. Sure. I wanted to just quickly comment that I provide child and family therapy in a private practice and then this whirlwind of the past few days we've had to move to entirely teletherapy sessions Mm. and while it has been extremely stressful to um, kind of prop this up and get things moving, I've just been blown away by how many of my families and children are just so grateful and appreciative to have this outlet and this time to express their thoughts and their feelings at a time when kids are feeling really uncertain and scared. So it's been challenging, but also incredibly rewarding to Mm. see this kind of work for so many people.
0: Yeah. Abby, I really appreciate what you're doing. And uh, I, of course, appreciate your calling and sharing it here with, uh, with our listeners. I think this is a time when we'll see all kinds of really extraordinary efforts uh, being made by people uh, who don't always uh, fall into that category, right? Uh, we'll see people doing things that they wouldn't be doing before, and we'll see things sort of develop in terms of interpersonal reactions and in relationships that uh, we wouldn't have had opportunity to really see before. So, Abby, I'm really glad you called and uh, shared that with us. Uh, yeah, and thank go ahead, you to our
1: child and and. The, child therapy workers are, yeah. you know, our, our healthcare workers, um, all these individuals who are on the front lines of this right now. Hit that right on the head, Stephen. This does call for uh, a, a, it's a new moment that's calling for all of us to rise to new uh, new challenges and opportunities. So yeah. thank you. Thank you, Abby. That's just absolutely amazing that you're doing the work you're doing and finding the way to do it in, 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 in the context yeah. that you have.
0: Yeah. Uh, before we get back to listeners, I want to be sure to ask you about this proposed bailout to the airline industry. I have seen a lot of coverage of that that talks about what the airline industry has been up to for the last five or ten years as they've been making big profits. They've been involved in lots of stock buybacks, which, of course, are great for stockholders. Uh, It helps raise the price. It's great for the companies themselves. But, of course, it puts them in less secure financial footing for crises like this. Some people I'm seeing saying the airline industry does not deserve a bailout. I wonder what your take, Congresswoman, is on that.
1: Well, I think we've all got to be pretty clear that um – no one deserved, and, and 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 certainly humanity, our nation, great state of Michigan, did not deserve this pandemic. And, and so, the ways in which um, our society was humming uh, along, and um, our the way in which our economy was humming along, and the way in which people were living their lives, has been completely and um, profoundly disrupted, um, almost on the drop of a dime. And it's been uh, completely shocking, and really something that. No one plans for. Um, I, yeah, you know, I called up the insurance companies and said, "Hey, do you guys have uh, this type of insurance?" And by and large, it's very rare, and so individuals aren't secure. Our mom and pop shops aren't secure. And then certainly, um, you know, the, the big businesses of America aren't secure. And the way I'm looking at this is that we have critical industries in this country. Now, remember what I just said. Every individual is critical. You, the listener, you are essential here. And we as a government are not, are committed to not letting you fail or fall through the cracks because of this pandemic. We, as a country, also have critical industries that are essential to our core functionality. You don't have a country if you don't have uh, commercial flying. You don't have a country if you don't have manufacturing or um, aerospace, manufacturing in autos, manufacturing in aerospace,
0: or an energy
1: sector or agriculture, we've got to secure these industries, particularly those, and I'm looking at this with our autos, uh, me, me and Debbie Dingle, we're, we're on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at, you know, how do we see ourselves through to the other side? Does that mean that every big enterprise gets a big old check? heaven's sakes. I, you know, I, we want to be really careful with that. Okay. I, I Look, I, um, I was there for the auto rescue as an as a, a appointee to the Treasury Department. Um, a brilliant and beautiful action that was bipartisan, truly. I came in under the Obama administration. I was a part of his policy team. But um, we we came in to the halls of Treasury and worked side-by-side side with Bush appointees. Mm-hmm. I mean, people didn't care who was with what administration or whatnot. We were there to work together to make sure that GM and Chrysler didn't liquidate. And people are asking me, Stephen, they're like, is this similar to 08-09? To 08, 09? 08, we had the largest drop in automotive sales in the history of the automobile. Our markets were in a much different shape. They, there was not the um the, the cash reserves or the the financial stability within our markets. We're certainly more stable today. We do have more debt on hand as a nation. We've seen our debt uptick um in the last couple of years um in in, in somewhat alarming ways and, and that might make components of a of of economic relief slightly more challenging. But um, companies um who can have access to um the, the cash reserves, which they do have, and the assurance from the from uh, you know certain forms of federal backing, not direct checks but just forms of uh, uh, of backing um, mm-hmm. credit assurance, very critical credit assurance for all our suppliers, that incredible web of suppliers that we have here in Michigan. I go see them all the time. These are just amazing, innovative fascinating companies that employ tremendous people. Mm -hmm. So we got to see you through to the other side. And so when we start seeing folks say, well, the airline industry needs a billion, you know, it feels really alarming and it almost feels abrupt for, (laughs) you know everybody else who's wondering what their security is going to be. So this is going to be a comprehensive package. It is going to secure the economic foundations of this nation and it'll see us through to the other side so that once we are through this hibernation period, we can turn the lights back on and we can get back to work in a successful and productive way.
0: Okay. Congresswoman Haley Stevens, it was really great to have you here with us on Detroit today. Take care of yourself and uh, hey, keep us posted. Hey,
1: you Stephen. Yeah. Be well.
0: Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little politics. We're going to talk with Sterling Heights Mayor Michael Taylor, a Republican, who says he is now backing Joe Biden, a Democrat, for the presidential election in November. We will find out why next. Stay with us on Detroit today.